0: Well, it's been a minute. Let's see if I can remember how to do this. Uh, Welcome back to the Friendly Neighborhood Webhead Podcast. I'm Eric Burnham. With me is my co-host, Ethan Colchamero. Sir, how's it going?
1: It is going well. It feels like two different worlds uh, ago, uh, maybe five different worlds ago since we last recorded one of these podcasts. And that's just how 2020 has been feeling. Uh, So really nice to be back especially excited to talk about this new chapter of the cinematic
0: adventures of Spider-Man. Yeah, we finally made it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU ladies and gentlemen. We we took a little bit of a hiatus from recording because we started getting busy again. You got back to your day job. I got a little bit more writing popping up and these are all good things. These are not things to complain about. It just kind of pushed us a little bit off schedule with doing the <laughs> weekly podcast, which it happens. We're not done. Clearly, you're hearing this. So, you know that uh, since last we recorded and uh, since last people have heard us, we have gotten a new president here in the U.S. of A. Yes,
1: it is a great day for America and um, democracy in action, which really uh, kind of ties into a big theme of the movie that we're about to talk about
0: that's right differing ideologies coming to a clash captain america civil war which is the marvel movie that introduced the world to spider-man as played by tom holland
1: such a good choice for peter parker i mean everybody who's played this role has brought something unique to it and something i really like and tom holland is no exception
0: we're back! It's time for Civil War, the fun one, with Captain America. That's what we want to focus on here. No others, real or imagined. I think that this movie, more so even than the Avengers movie, is the one where it really feels like the Marvel Universe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Agreed. You, you got uh, not just a, a big bunch of hero fights. Uh, it had the introduction of uh, Wakanda and the Black Panther. Uh, it had the introduction of Helmet Zemo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It had ties to Avengers Age of Ultron so I mean it directly built out of that and yeah it, it was
1: nice to see vision in, in a uh, casual uh, environment the b- bespoke vision was just a ton of fun
0: Oh, it's a fantastic look for the vision and a friend of mine does a cosplay with the pot making the chicken pepper cash. she showed the the costume to paul bettany and he was floored because she actually has practical makeup whereas his was mostly digital so he was he was impressed and uh she looks great another thing we're going to talk about that doesn't have anything to do with spider-man yet the creepy flashback scene with young tony stark the cgi was just holy cow and uh it's it's an in-universe holographic display that tony has nicknamed barf and the only reason we mention this is because it becomes a major plot point a couple movies down the line in Spider-Man Far From Home certainly does. I don't think it's a spoiler. This is an invention of Mysterio, of Quentin Beck, and uh Tony just taking the credits is what sets Mysterio off on his path. It's a nice thread that nobody saw coming. Not at all. It was uh it was a cool little scene, creepy though. Like I said creepy because uh Robert Downey Jr. has uh, he's lost weight, a little weight in the face, you know, a little water weight. So his face isn't as as round as it was when he was younger. It's more angular. And uh, they, they put that weight back on. And it just it's so weird. yeah
1: Technologically, it, it's a remarkable
0: achievement,
1: um, something that the Marvel films have played at almost from, from kind of really early on. And I think it's been a great way for them to establish just how much history has happened in in this mythology that they've created, and you know, be able to take characters like Hank Pym or Tony Stark and and show them at different stages of their life and their development, um, and and do it in a way that seems authentic. And this, I think, was not the first instance of it, but the one where you could really see that Marvel had cracked it because that that does look like the '80s uh, Robert Downey Jr.
0: Like I said, it's just weird because. Everybody is familiar because of their body of work with how these people looked when they were younger. And mannerisms change with age. Um, And so it was just, it was weird to see them try to recreate who they were a little bit when they looked like that right that has nothing to do with spider-man we're gonna get back to it anyway the the structure of the movie was in the avengers age of ultron to beat ultron they kind of caused a massive disaster in a small country Mm -hmm. and uh sokovia the world reacted and wanted everybody to sign on to superhuman accords you know they'd have your information you'd be registered you'd have a license etc tony stark was talked into going through and, and, and going on to that because, I mean, it doesn't affect him one way or the other, which makes sense. People would make the argument that Tony would never do this. He would not sign on with the government. Well, it doesn't affect him. He's, he's already completely public. Sure. It is distrusted by Steve Rogers, who, thanks to Captain America the Winter Soldier, has a little bit more of a distrust for bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. And they come at odds. Uh, It it comes down to either Steve and and the Avengers who follow him sign on to these accords, or they become fugitives and risk jail and, and being taken down. You know, incident upon incident... Nobody has time to stop and talk because it's all fight or flight. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I think a big part of it really hinged on the idea of choice. And I think Tony, in in some of the guilt that he had felt about some of the collateral damage that had been caused, I think uh, was enticed by the idea of uh, having the choice uh, removed from him. Um, Whereas Steve Rogers is someone who uh, was very nervous about being told he couldn't go save the day in somewhere that he felt he, he needed to. So uh, that was kind of the heart of the thing. Um, Tony Stark is tasked with bringing in uh, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. And th- to their mind, th- that's who uh, they're going after. And uh, Black Widow uh, says to Tony, you know, we're understaffed.
0: Yeah. And then we get the title card of Queens. I was in the theater. <laughs> And it erupted into applause and cheers. Exactly. Same same with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more... I would argue that a theater in Chicago Mm -hmm. is more likely to burst... Well, any urban environment is more likely to have the audience that is going to burst into applause and (laughs) cheers at something. I live in the middle of the country so anytime a movie causes an audience to cheer and applaud mm. it's a special event it's few and for far sure. between
1: i mean if you're a spider-man fan you went into this film excited and curious anxious to find out how does spider-man fit into this world what what are we going to see here and you're almost counting the moments every, every scene in civil war if you're seeing it for the first time you're wondering is this is this where they introduce spider-man um, you know, we should say that one of the things that the Russos have done in both Civil War and Infinity War is that they, they have these titles that come up whenever they shift to a new. Location. So we've seen it say Sokovia, we've seen it say Berlin, we've seen it say all these different locations. Uh, Civil War, the movie Captain America: Civil War, is very much a global film. And after seeing all these different, you know, international titles come up on the screen, the the first real American one we get is Queens, and we know exactly. Uh, why Tony Stark has gone to Queens. Uh, and and it, so it just puts you right in uh, the mood to meet Peter Parker. And uh, we, we get the great um, Alt-J song, Left Hand Free, kind of blaring through Peter's earbuds. And uh, all that anticipation is about to pay off.
0: He lives in an apartment with his Aunt May. The apartments reminded me very much of uh, the Harlem apartments in the Spider-Man PS4 game. <laughs> right. That had a terrible side mission that I could never complete. But, um...
1: well, there's a lot of controversial things we can kind of touch on here. Um, I mean, number one, the de aging of Aunt May. I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, Aunt May had always been sort of shown as, you know, kind of older, doting, you know, m- more of a great aunt or a grandmother figure than a, than a, a mother figure. Uh, here we have Marissa Tomei as an aunt may who's may- maybe 50 uh, at most easily the youngest interpretation of aunt may
0: yeah uh, tony stark did say in the scene i can't believe you're someone's aunt
1: i always found that kind of an odd <laughs> comment because and, and she even says well we come in all shapes and sizes like i know <laughs> women who are uh, aunts and then they're, they're they're 25 but but it's obviously i think a comment on what we think of Aunt May as, you know, he he he's kind of hinting that this is not, you know, the traditional uh, Aunt May that we've come to know in comics and movies. But yeah, I think you know, showing in an apartment instead of a house, uh, I think, is a clear signal to the audience that this is after Ben's death. So you know, they they may have had to have. Uh, Downsized the home. Um, and Peter has a DVD player in his hand that uh, he found in a dumpster. At this point, DVD players are like $40. Um, but even that is something that the Parkers uh, can't afford. So um, yeah, very, very quickly establishes that, uh, you know, the Parkers are had some hard times lately.
0: And that Peter was resourceful. He could mm-hmm. have True. fixed that up to use for personal uh, entertainment or to sell. Right. Right. So Tony's there. He doesn't let on to Aunt May that he knows Peter is Spider-Man. He's there for the scholarship that Peter signed up for, which was amusing to see uh, Peter play along with that. What what was that again?
1: (laughs) Yes, clearly he did not apply for any um, scholarship, and Peter does not even really know why Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, is in his uh, queen's apartment eating his uh, aunt's walnut date loaf
0: they excuse themselves to peter's bedroom to talk privately which is perfectly innocent for the movie but would seem weird in a real world context
1: agreed agreed
0: Uh, (laughs) as a
1: parent i don't know that i would be on board with uh that arrangement
0: but uh at that point tony out spider-man says i know who you are you're this spiderling spider boy (laughs) (laughs) spider-man and he, he he shows a little video from his magical phone that i want of Spider-Man in his jogging suit catching a car. They have a little discussion. Uh, Peter's only been Spider-Man for six months. He, you know, has the costume that he made himself. Tony's impressed with the webbing that he made himself, which is a nice upgrade from the amazing Spider-Man. He did come up with the webbing formula on his own as well as the web shooters. For the first time. Uh, For the first time.
1: Cinematic Spider-Man. Who has created his own web shooters, created his own web fluid, um, with without any help from from anyone smarter than than he is, um, which you and, know I always kind of like the idea that even if Peter Parker had not been bitten by the radioactive spider, he very well may have been somebody. Who was very important in the Marvel universe uh, a, a, as a as a brain as a gadget person, although his financial uh, situation, you know, may have prevented that. So it's it's kind of cool to to get that uh, acknowledged that um, this is this is a guy that Tony Stark may well have at some point been interested in you know collaborating with uh, just on a, a tech level.
0: And look at what he did all his work with. He was mm-hmm. working on like a 1992
1: Mac. <laughs> right. That he found in, in you know in, in, in yeah. a dumpster.
0: It's just I I got such nostalgia mm-hmm. for late middle school early high school when I saw that thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, after that little chat, Tony asked Peter, "Why do you do this?" And it's a nice moment. He doesn't explain Uncle Ben or any part of an origin. He just simply says, and I wrote down the quote When you can do the things I can and you don't, and then bad things happen, it's because of you. Which is a nice way of saying with great power comes great responsibility without saying those words.
1: It's so elegantly done. I mean, we we, we all know what happened with Uncle Ben. We all know that with great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, I think Marvel, as I mentioned before, was really tasked with, making a case for telling this story again. Uh, And it tells you everything you need to know without going over ground that we've already gone over. Uh, There's another mention he makes of, you know, I, I, you know, I'd love to play football, but I couldn't then. So I I shouldn't now, which is is another, you know, sort of with great power comes great responsibility illusion. And, you know, you, you, you see in Tom Holland's eyes, he delivers this scene beautifully There's some pain there. He learned this lesson hard. Um, This was not wisdom that he was uh, born with. So, um, yeah, I think it was a a really elegant choice by the Russos and Marvel to find, you know, another way to tell us where Peter's at very quickly. They know we know. (laughs) And and it covers that ground in a way we haven't seen a hundred times before. But also, you know, lets Tony Stark and, and maybe, you know, the, the, the few newcomers know what they need to know about why Peter Parker is choosing to help people instead of, you know, make money or things like that. Uh, and also, we talk about this in every uh, version of the franchise. So, again, I have to say, love the homemade costumes. This one might just be kind of like a hard tie with the Raimi films. I liked but didn't love the uh, Andrew Garfield, Mark Webb homemade suit, um, but this homemade suit I, I absolutely love.
0: It was, and the emotion, as you said, really came through with what he was saying. He, he was passing along his hard-earned wisdom, and there was sadness there, so that worked really well. I, I got a kick out of uh, Tony being empathetic, fatherly, what have you, but he's still, he's still just rude enough. I'm going to sit here. So you're going to need to move the leg sits down next to Peter has a heart to heart wants him to be on his team, be an Avenger, be some extra muscle, you know, and he's, he's pulling that there. Uh, And Peter is mostly freaked out that the idea that he might tell Aunt may. Right. And you know, there is that. And that is the last we see of Spider-Man until one hour, 29 minutes and 24 seconds into the film. They're in Germany, Iron Man's forces, which include war machine, black Panther, black widow facing off against cap bucky falcon hawkeye giant man scarlet witch the vision's in there too on tony's side i almost forgot to mention him they're having their standoff cap refuses to surrender and tony gets tired of it yells under ruse and that is (laughs) when spider-man is introduced finally flips in grabs cap's shield lands on a truck and immediately starts babbling now in the trailer they cut it down to hey everyone and the squint and everybody went nuts
1: oh yeah
0: well i went nuts you went nuts we were going nuts together over uh facebook when the trailer first dropped (laughs) so oh my god it's his eyes and oh but uh no he babbled you caught that his accent showed through a little bit in these lines
1: Yeah, this early moment of babbling, um, he's nervously running his mouth because here he is with all his heroes. I mean, one thing um, I wanted to mention, too, on a trivia tip, Marvel has a lot of fun with, I guess you can call sort of retroactive continuity. Uh, If our listeners remember, there's a scene in Iron Man 2 where a little boy in an Iron Man mask sort of tries to face down some of the, the killer drones in the film. And Marvel has confirmed that that was Peter Parker as a eight or nine year old boy. So I get a kick out of thinking about that when you're talking about Peter Parker now here in Germany seeing all these people that he must have idolized, must have had pictures on his wall as a child. And and now he's being tasked even with fighting some of them and going up against them. Um, and so he's nervously babbling. And we do hear a few times where uh, Tom Holland's uh, British accent kind of creeps in a little bit. I mean, he was new to the role. He got cast very quickly. I think there was a very small amount of time from you know him signing the contract to him filming um and you do get a little bit of uh i think you know he says uh cap cap big big fan <laughs> and uh, you know it's it's funny to hear and it's, i'm sure a lot of that was recorded afterwards it's adr as they call it additional dialogue recording it's funny to think that i heard it and i'm i know i'm not the only one who heard those little bits of uh british sneak in But uh, somehow those those made it uh, to the final cut of the film. But in in a lot of ways, it does kind of work because there is, you know, nervous energy from Spider-Man, probably nervous energy from Tom Holland. And uh, it's just another fun moment in probably one of the the most Marvel scenes uh, in in film history.
0: Now we just go on to a big fight. and We're going to talk about all of these points here. He catches Bucky's arm. Love this. Love, love this, this love one-handed and he's looking and goes this is so cool is this a robot arm and bucky's just looking at him and goes what yeah. what
1: you have a mechanical arm
0: That's and
1: awesome like every just... you know spider-man in this film is the everything is awesome uh zero mm-hmm. but um this is such a key moment uh and i and i don't know if a lot of fans kind of acknowledge what a key moment this was i mean In both Civil War and The Winter Soldier, that arm of Bucky, that mechanical arm, gives everybody a huge problem. I mean, everybody has such a hard time overcoming Bucky with that mechanical arm. I mean, you know, he practically gives Black Widow a concussion. I mean, Steve Rogers, who we've seen is strong enough to at least slow down a helicopter, uh, has had plenty of problems with it. It, You know, uh, reverberated on Cap Shield, all these kinds of things. And then the moment he goes to throw a punch at Spider-Man, he's just w- waving it back and forth, looking, you know, e- 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 examining it like it's a, it's a gadget at Best Buy. <laughs> I mean, it poses absolutely no problem for Spider-Man, and that has to be a deliberate thing on the part of the Russos to to establish just how strong uh, this Spidey
0: is. He is fighting. Falcon and Bucky at the same time, just ricocheting. They uh, throw a, a large piece of metal at Spider-Man while his back is turned. Bucky throws it. He dodges. And then I think you lost this, tosses it oh, back, webs so him that up. That is
1: such a classic Spider-Man moment, too. I mean, and it, it's so New York. I mean, Tom Holland, we, we were talking offline. Talk, uh, Tom Holland does a wonderful job of giving this Peter Parker A little uh, subtle, I appreciate how subtle it is, a little subtle Brooklyn accent. Hey, buddy, I think you lost this. It's such a New Yorker, you know, hey, back at you, pal, moment. And Falcon uh, is immediately taken by uh, just how much verbiage uh we are getting from this new character
0: he actually said it out loud he goes i don't know if you've been in a fight before but there's usually not this much talking (laughs) (laughs) this is someone who's fought ant-man yes Uh, he's just exasperated by it and it's hilarious and then of course spider-man leaves them webbed there and then (laughs) sam's with the i hate you I i love that they hate each other and it makes me want to see the tv show so much more
1: Exactly. Those moments, you know, like, uh, can you move your seat? No, Sam is not having any of the uh, you know, I forgive you. Uh, You were brainwashed. So so I'm not mad at you. Like he Sam has forgiven nothing. And it's delightful. And like you said, uh, makes me just that much more excited for their upcoming uh, Disney Plus show.
0: Well, it's funny, because really, the only thing that they have in common is a friend. And that friend is Captain America, who, screw it, we're going to talk about it now. Spidey versus Cap, Queens mm. versus Brooklyn. We've gone back and forth about this. You and I have, yes, offline. Yes. This is, uh, is going to be our big sister yeah.
1: Lieber moment.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, you don't think that it's fair that Spidey got handled so easily, but there's a lot going on there. One, he doesn't actually want to hurt Captain America. True he knows he doesn't have a metal arm so i mean you know, he's, there's not going to be a whole lot of manhandling so he's pulling punches he's right. he's got a little idolizing uh in there as well so i mean that's that's factored in so he's, he's you know fighting the wow cap is i mean they have a little bit of the ultimate captain america mixed in which was definitely 100 percent super strength right uh you know so they he's he's definitely he's not peak human he's he's definitely stronger than that so i mean he's he's you know, uh, not as strong as Spider-Man, but he's he's going to be stronger than the average Joe. Plus, 100%. he knows how to fight, and Peter does not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter. Let me, for for the for the listeners, let me clarify my my beef with certain moments in this scene. I don't have a problem with Cap beating Spidey, especially when you're talking about someone who is a veteran of multiple wars, uh, going up against a teenager who's who's only had his powers for six months. My beef is the two moments when Steve Rogers is shown to sort of outpower Spider-Man where, you know, there's there's two particular moments where Spidey has him sort of webbed up and Steve does something to pull him off balance to bring Spidey to towards him. kind of yanks on the webs and and pulls him off of uh, his footing. And my feeling is, you know, yes, this is a very powerful Captain America. The films have established that. They've also established that this Spider-Man is maybe stronger than any other cinematic Spider-Man that we've seen. And to me, on a power level, he might as well be Skinny Steve, just in terms of muscle versus muscle. Now, I have no problem with believing that a Skinny Steve... Can outwit Peter Parker, that he can outmaneuver him, that he could out, you know, uh, strategize him. But I'm just not a huge fan of him literally outmuscling him. And everything else that you said, I think, tracks 100%. I, I, I don't mind at all that Cap won the movie because we all know <laughs> that the hero uh, of the piece is going to win. But just those few moments of, cap sort of overpowering peter he just felt a little sloppy
0: here's one other thing about that him pulling him him towards him right. yes he 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 doesn't necessarily think to affix himself to the ground i mean because if he's not vertical on something why why would you think to stick consciously sure. when sure. you when gravity's doing the work uh second peter parker though he is super strong is still you know maybe 170 pounds mm-hmm. cap can lift 170 pounds oh sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so he's not stuck and 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 one other thing is when you're not ready for something i weigh closer to 200 pounds than i'd like mm-hmm. my sister weighs half that she has knocked me over give me a shove into a pool kind of a thing yeah 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 oh, of and course it, you know so i mean all of these things it's it's realistic enough peter's got six months of experience peter a year from then that course would not run so I sure. mean, in this case this is this is how you learn the lesson so i mean that and that's the thing is it just because you're 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 as strong as you are doesn't mean that you know cap uh, ringing his bell isn't going to exactly that ring his bell, and he he does get back into the fight relatively quickly he cap ultimately takes him out by dropping a uh jet bridge on him those
1: things weigh like fifteen thousand pounds
0: yeah they're they're not light, so i mean that that was ultimately what he had to do just to take spider man out of the fight and it wasn't that he was hurting him; it was just that he was dazing him. He wasn't stuck right. to the ground again because gravity. So it all tracked for me logically when I was watching it. It did not it it wouldn't track for me, experienced Spider Man.
1: And and Peter's absolutely out of his league here. And um,
0: you know, Cap does this thing where he
1: kind of does one of these little like parkour flippy things, and that's supposed to give him the extra leverage to you know uh, break Peter's hold and have him come flying towards him, and then you know, wax him with the shield and. Um, you know, it's just not my favorite. I mean, I, I I think, you know, there's a lot of, of what you're saying totally tracks, but, you know, I just would have loved to have seen a different approach to those two moments in the fight.
0: Uh, and it ended with the jet bridge, as we said, and, uh, Steve complimenting him on having a lot of heart, ask where he's from Queens, (laughs) Brooklyn. (laughs) It was a nice, that, that was, that was probably one of the, uh, the nicest little moments in the, the sequence, the fight goes on, and Ant-Man becomes Giant-Man, which is something people had been waiting for. This was such a
1: great moment in, in a movie filled with great moments, and I remember retroactively being ashamed at myself by how surprised I was. Uh, and I, I'm sitting there in the theater like, oh my gosh, what is Ant-Man going to do? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know he's Giant-Man, you know? Like, I, I mean... I'm like, wow! I, I just I can't imagine. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing this. And then he does it, and I had the exact same reaction that Spider-Man did—huge <laughs> smile on my face, so happy. And then when I got home, I was like,
0: wait, why didn't I see that coming? Paul Rudd had such a great time with it that the ha ha ha! You know, the laughter as he grew up, and this was Spider-Man's first expletive:
1: "Holy blue. Yep. I mean, a, a, an appropriate reaction to someone all of a sudden becoming sixty feet tall. Um, but it was a little shocking, you know, even for me to hear this character drop an S-bomb, but bold choice by Marvel. It is the perfect sort of capper on or just a really wild moment in, in the movie.
0: Now, the fight gets back going and Spider-Man uh, gets back into the swing of things, pun intended. Mm-hmm. He does stagger Giant Man with a kick, which is another point on how strong he is.
1: Yeah, swings right up to him. And he's also, I think at this point, they're kind of showing him very fluidly, very nicely, um, sort of teaming up with the other Team Stark figures. You know, I think he swings a few times uh, on uh, War Machine or, or you know, the, the, the two of them together kind of ha- have some moments, which is fun to see. We also get to see uh, Spidey climbing on Giant Man's helmet. Uh, I don't know that they've had a ton of moments in the comics together but it's definitely fun for me to see two of the funniest marvel heroes uh interacting with each other. It was that I got a huge kick out of that.
0: You know, this takes me to a story in the comics and it's not uh, Scott Lang, it's Hank Pym. He's it's during I think the other storyline. If okay. you remember that. Anyway, it's got a, it's got a scene with uh, Peter and Hank Pym. Hank Pym's looking at the web fluid. He goes, "You did this?" When you were in high school, God, (laughs) as if I don't feel bad enough about myself already. (laughs) It made me laugh out loud when, you know, you see the other geniuses of the Marvel comics realize that Peter's as smart as he is. Now, Peter in this one, it's not so much the brains or the strengths that they really undersell. It's the the youth he figures out a way to take out ant-man have you ever guys seen that really old movie empire strikes back and the reaction the reaction from uh war machine from james rhodes was uh jesus tony and i i I felt that in in the core of my bones you know right
1: it's funny because you as a fan you're like oh yeah you know i i I really like spider-man as a teenager um, I like that idea of him being this young kid. And then you're in the in the theater and he goes, you know, see that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back, and you're like, oh, uh, maybe I don't like it that much.
0: Um, but uh, the the fight ends. Spidey gets knocked away. And... Oh, can we
1: talk about how,
0: how he does ultimately bring Giant Man down? Well, we, The Empire Strikes Back. He webbed his legs up and they pushed him.
1: Yeah, Spidey webs his, his legs up and then uh, uh, Rhodey and... Uh iron man kind of give him a a one-two you know flying punch and uh and and that kind of knocks him out of his uh giant man uh phase but also peter uh gets his bell officially rung uh Mm -hmm. in that moment
0: and that causes tony some concern some actual concern hits him all at once and he realizes that this was a terrible idea and uh tells Peter, that he's done. And Peter's like, no, 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 I can still go. I'm still ready. I can still go. He goes, no, no. And the thing that made me laugh was he threatened to tell Aunt May. And then Peter's like, okay, nope, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to. Yeah.
1: You know, th- this is uh, th- that kind of late concern that Tony shows for Peter's well-being. I mean, you, you could almost <laughs> make the case that, it uh, you know, Tony has enlisted a child soldier, which is a pretty uncomfortable way to think about uh, Spider-Man and-, and Iron Man. But it's a superhero film, so y- you give it some leeway. But uh, one of the things I appreciate about Civil War is it is a little bit of a reckoning, for what has happened in the other films you know there there a lot had been said about movies like the Avengers and the Man of Steel where you're seeing entire cities being decimated for entertainment and you know we we live in a world now sadly where we've seen skyscrapers fall and we we know that that's not just something that looks cool on screen there's a horrible toll to that and people have the right to ask filmmakers you know are, are you using that imagery responsibly do you, do you have the right to use that kind of storytelling to to entertain or the, the, that iconography and and civil war i gave a credit for trying to answer that question while still you know giving us a rip-roaring adventure but um yeah th- there's a lot to unpack uh in civil war and, and in the way that they chose to have Spider-Man enter this world is very different from the way Spider-Man interacts with the traditional Marvel universe, where a lot of these characters are peers rather than 10, 15 years older than him. And uh...
0: Well, I mean, that colors everything in the Marvel comics, and people complained about this. Uh, Spider-Man was one of the first. There was the Fantastic Four. I think the Hulk came next. There was Spider-Man. Right. And in this world, no, no. It was Captain America in the distant past, and then publicly Iron Man mm-hmm. so you know and and flashily Iron Man, so I mean he grew up with that, so you can't you can't have the same dynamic as the comics, no matter how much some uh, some of the nerds want it because right. it doesn't organically exist and then that comes to a lot of you know the the arguments for him being Iron Man Jr and hating that and right. i I think it makes it makes perfect sense and it works the way they've set it up, but he's still very spider-man to me we'll get a little bit more into that probably with far from home i will say briefly uh the the uh moment in homecoming that uh connects to civil war that i liked the most was happy coming to the hotel room to pick peter up for the fight at the airport and he's wearing his a homemade homemade suit. costume and uh, <laughs> he's all psyched up and, and then just just favreau's delivery what are you doing what are you wearing wear my wearing. suit you told me to suit up wear my suit no go to the other room i have another room (laughs) (laughs) because if you've never been in a suite before why would you you assume you know it cracked me up and uh you know it's it's something that i immediately think of now as connected to the civil war scene even though it's part of another movie so overall what did you think of civil war as an introduction for spider-man and what did you think of it as a standalone movie in and of itself
1: As an introduction to Spider-Man, like I said, I think in the beginning, Marvel's task, they had a lot of tasks in this particular film. You know, they they had to have a satisfying sequel to the Captain America franchise. Uh, They had to follow up on different threads from other MCU films. They were introducing Black Panther. They were introducing Spider-Man. And, you know, the case that they had to make to the movie-going public, to the comic book fans or the superhero fans, was why not have a 25-year-old Peter Parker? Why not have it be Andrew Garfield? You know, Spider-Man can play lots of different roles in the Marvel Universe. He's one of the only teenage heroes. He's one of the only sort of everyman heroes he's one of the only financially challenged heroes Um, and one of the roles he plays that i always enjoy is he's the ambassador of the marvel universe spider-man has teamed up with probably every single marvel character and some of the ones that are the most fun are the ones that should not work at all there's so much mileage you can get out of introducing him to other characters and I think Marvel very smartly said, we're not going to focus the way the other films are on him as a solo hero in the world by himself. So, you know, to, to introduce him, not in his own film, but in a film with as many Marvel characters up to that point had ever been in one movie, uh, was was really fun and smart. Another thing that I think is so remarkable about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Civil War in particular, you know, shortly after Civil War, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was released and also the Black Panther solo film was released. Both of these characters were introduced in Civil War and then shortly got their own wonderful uh, solo films. And what's great is that if you watch Spider-Man Homecoming and you watch Black Panther and then you go back and watch Civil War, it hits differently. It's a different movie, and it's a richer movie. And I can't really think of many examples in film history where subsequent films really enriched the previous films, and and not to the extent that you got with um, Black Panther and Homecoming enriching Civil War. So I think that's just a, a really special thing, that marvel can do with their films that other franchises and other uh, studios uh j- just can't replicate
0: all righty well that is captain america civil war the first appearance of the MCU's spider man we're only doing one episode on civil war because spider-man was in the movie for a total of what 20 minutes about that yeah roughly but Homecoming's coming up next and we're back to our four episode format for that we'll see you very soon for the full feature-length debut of tom holland as peter parker meantime we got some comics talk to talk about we discussed doing some team ups but we're going to hold off on that until we can have some time to properly think through the idea instead (laughs) we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about spider-man on teams back in a second It is a tale as old as the character itself. Fans disagree whether Spider-Man should be on a team with the Fantastic Four, with the Avengers, with take your pick. I want to say it right now, I'm a fan of Spider-Man on teams. I like him in a group dynamic, and there's many reasons for that. One, I think deep down he likes being part of a crowd. Two, he's the everyman. People say, well, he's the everyman. He should be a loner. How many everyman type person do you know as a loner no most people either seek out a group or if you look at it another way have to do 50 different things in their life (laughs) you know whether whether it's a job or whether it's a hobby but 50 different commitments just because that's the way life goes it makes perfect sense to me that spider-man would be on a team maybe even a couple of teams while uh holding down his normal life and his solo superhero pursuits what's your take yeah, uh, I think like you, uh, I do
1: enjoy Spidey on teams. Um, there, there's sort of two different teams um, that, that you see in superhero comics a lot. I mean, one is sort of, you know, like a all-star, you know, like a... Remember when all the NBA uh, superstars were on the Olympic team and it was ridiculous <laughs> because, you know, you had, you know, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and, you know, just every great NBA player. Person playing on the Olympic basketball team, and it was all super hitters. And if um, this makes
0: Spider-Man Christian later, I'm not sure I like where this is going.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to do it one to one quite to that level, but um, say the Justice League of America in in the comics had kind of always, for the most part, been shown um, with that kind of team up uh, mentality. Then you had a lot of teams, primarily in Marvel where they were mostly made up of people, of characters that maybe arguably couldn't have really carried their own book. Then, of course, there was a time in the comics when Marvel decided, I think this was the early 2000s, where it was like, look, if this character has a movie, they're an Avenger. Um, Do you have a favorite team that Spidey has been on?
0: Honestly, I really just enjoyed his time with the Avengers. I will say my, my favorite,
1: maybe deep cut team... I looked it up it's Fantastic 4 348 and this was released in 1991 there was a really fun arc where the original Fantastic 4 um had it was off world oh, the new FF the new FF with <laughs> Spider-Man, the Hulk, Ghost Rider and Wolverine um and I just got a huge kick out of it. I thought it was a really fun team uh you know they picked uh, the people who...
0: The most thought, popular characters of the 90s on they, purpose. They were, especially
1: you talk about Ghost Riders, like as 90s as it gets. But mm-hmm. um, I just really enjoyed the dynamic of that group. And I know they've done newer, uh, new Fantastic Four that Spider-Man has been a part of. And it's kind of fun to see the different um, Fantastic Four tinged uh, Spider-Man suits that he's had throughout the years. So yeah, that's a, that's my kind of favorite group. Uh, that, that Spidey has been a part of, in addition to that particular arc where he tried to join the Avengers and still keep his uh, secret identity, was a lot of fun. And, you know, I was thinking of that moment where uh, Wasp kind of grills him on his uh, spider sense. And, you know, Ecap is saying something, you know, to the effect of, like, We need to talk about this uh, ability you seem to have to sense danger. We can keep our identities from each other, but we can't keep our abilities from each other. And, you know, we need to know what we can do. Some of my favorite as a kid, Spidey team moments.
0: Uh, The new FF arc you were talking about, that was drawn by Arthur Adams, which I loved. Exactly. Yeah, I I believe it was uh, Walt Simonson who wrote it. A dream team there, uh, mm-hmm. creatively,
1: and you know the the characters involved. Because you don't you don't see a ton of sequential work from Art Adams. It's, it's even more of a treat to see Art Adams doing sequential work and and drawing all of those awesome characters.
0: One of the things that I enjoyed that they've done over the last few years is making Spider Man part of the Fantastic Four's extended family, not so much part of the team. Mm. And one of the high points of that was after the Human Torch uh died you know in story for a little bit and peter shows up to cheer franklin up and at the end you know they they have a talk and and you know he's he's uh talking about things he's gone through and and dealing with grief and franklin brings up uh the thing and and some advice he'd given him and and peter hits with the line and goes well you should listen to him i have it on good authority that uncle ben's are always right yeah But no, overall, I I think that it's just something that I enjoy seeing because nothing shows different sides of your character better than interacting with different people while you go through the same stuff of your day to day. That's, I think, a good place to stop. We've done a lot of talking. We've shaken off some of the rust. We should be ready to kick into homecoming here pretty quick. With uh, God willing, we don't get uh, super busy or overtaken by COVID-19. Knock wood. Knocking wood hard, you can hear it on the microphone. I hope I'm knocking all the wood I can knock there because keep
1: we don't it up. Yes,
0: happening. Yes. Anyhow, uh, thank you, folks, for uh, listening, finding, or coming back to the podcast. We are still editing the early episodes to sound as good as the later episodes. Again, knock wood. If you would like to drop us a line via email, it is it is at cinemaspidey, c i n e m a S P I D E Y at mail.com tweet us at twitter.com slash webhead podcast. And of course you can leave us a voicemail up to one minute in length at anchor.fm slash webhead podcast, all kinds of great ways to get into contact with us. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on anything we've talked about on Captain America civil war or Spider-Man being a part of teams versus just a solo hero. You can do any of it. You can do all of it. And we'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Thanks again, folks, for listening in. We always appreciate your support. Um, if you want to share this podcast with your friends, that is hugely helpful. And especially leaving a rating or a review on your podcast distribution method of choice, uh, that just helps us so much. And we'll be back at you soon with the latest adventure of Spidey on screen.